Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. If you're a regular listener of NPR, there's no doubt that you know the name and voice of NPR international correspondent Sylvia Pajoli. She reported for NPR for 41 years and spent a total of 51 years in journalism. While Pajoli often signs off from Rome, being senior European correspondent has taken her around the world. Everywhere she's traveled, she's covered political, economic, and cultural news like immigration, racism, and the rise of the right in Europe. As of March 31st, Pajoli hung up her headphones for the last time, and NPR listeners will no longer hear Pajoli's signature sign-off. Ahead of her last day at NPR, she joined me to talk about her career and what she's looking forward to doing next. Sylvia Pajoli, welcome to Lake Effect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you first went to Rome after college on a Fulbright scholarship, and you stayed. I'm curious about some of your odd jobs you did before becoming a journalist. Oh, <laughs> Let's see. Well, I did a lot of, uh, I did translations. I I was an interpreter for a lot of um, American theatrical companies that came to Rome, to Italy, uh, for Merce Cunningham and John Cage, was pretty exciting for the Negro Ensemble, for the Bread and Puppet Company. Then there was a period I um, I worked as a seamstress. And then let's see, what else did I do? Oh, um, yeah, I also, uh, I, I had a very small part in a in a movie. And then I got into journalism. <laughs> How'd you go from uh, all of those things to journalism? Well, uh, there's uh, the Italian news agency here in, uh, based in Rome has, um, has, like many news agency, has what they call uh, different language desks. And uh, I had a lot of friends who worked at the English language desk, and it's basically a copywriting job. And uh, many of them didn't like to do the night shift. And so they would call in sick and I started substituting and doing the night shift. That's how I started. And a certain amazing career following that. Um, But to go back a little bit, your parents fled Italy when it was under Mussolini for being anti-fascist. I'm curious about what you learned about Italy through them before you studied there. And what have you learned about it for yourself through the years? Ah, well, um, well, I learned a lot about um, dictatorship, about authoritarianism, and um, that was certainly part of my, uh, you know, upbringing. I first came to visit Italy. I was very small with my parents' first visit after the war. And, um, you know, of course, the Italy I experienced as a kid was very much the post-war boom and and then when I came, there was a lot of, you know, it was 1968, if you all remember, you don't remember because you're all too young, but it, you, you've certainly read that, you know, it, it was across the most of Europe and the United States. It was a year of great student protests and was the Vietnam War. Um, Americans were protesting, young Americans were protesting against in Europe. There were lots of other things, university system. And Italy was very, there was a lot of tense political um ferment here. And in fact, I was unable to study at any any university because they were all occupied by students. So for all of 68 and much of 69. So um, basically, I went to a lot of uh, demonstrations and uh, I learned about politics pretty much straight straight on the street. (laughs) How has that helped inform you and how you approach your stories, especially when it comes to politics? Well, I mean, as I said, working then at the news agency, I I got very interested in following, you know, that was certainly one of the things I followed. Um, In 
working for NPR, you know, first it was mostly just from Rome and covering Italian affairs and also a little bit the Vatican. But then I started traveling and um, that's when certainly what my parents had taught me about authoritarianism. I mean, I've, I covered the, you know, the breakup of Yugoslavia, the wars, nationalism, authoritarianism, uh, racism, uh, everything, you name it. And uh, that was certainly, it was very helpful. What I'd learned from them that was, I was able to, you know, but it was also very depressing because, you know, we grow up with this hopeful thing that, you know, that there's progress and that we don't, we move forward and we don't move backward, but certainly covering the Balkan Wars and much of also the developments in other parts of um, Eastern Europe, you know, the kind of nationalism and racism that has come very much to the surface are ugly harbingers and uh, too similar to many of the things that happened here in World War II. I'm not saying there's going to be another breakup of that, but certainly, you know, you'd think that we had learned and the world had moved forward, but uh, there's there's certain parts of the world that seem to be reverting back to that kind of racism and and, uh, nationalism and closing in on themselves. On the note of always being aware of and enveloped in often depressing news, how have you been able to process? I mean, I imagine doing stories is a way of processing things, but have you found any tools that are helpful to yourself when the stories do get pretty heavy and you're in it for a very long time? Nope. I can't tell you that. No. Uh, covering certain parts of the, the, the wars in, in Bosnia and Sarajevo, um, you know, nobody talked about PTSD at the time, but certainly, you know, later I could say, yeah, you know, there was, you know, I probably, I can remember situations and feelings and emotions that were certainly, it, it, it usually hits you when you come back home, uh, not when you're in in the place, in, in the site, in covering the war. But um, no, I, I can't say that um, I have figured out uh, a, a solution. Covering actually here also the, the pandemic, Italy was also, in a way, after China, of course, Italy was ground zero for Europe, for much of the West. And, you know, we just didn't know it was here that they did the first lockdowns and everything. But I have to say, covering the story, which was so new, so intense, and also you didn't, you couldn't even go out much. You had to do everything basically from Zoom calls, telephones and everything. But it was so intense that I really didn't hit me with that. I mean, psychologically, it didn't hit me till quite a couple of months later with the whole, uh, I had worked so hard on it that um, it, it, it hit me later. Well, on the note of covering so much, you've spanned massive topics from political, economic, cultural news in Italy, Western Europe, the Balkans, as you said. Uh, over the years, how did you begin to choose what you cover when it's not a breaking news situation? You know, how, what's your personal process like when you are prioritizing what you wanted to work on? Hard to say. I mean, you know, it's often it's your editor that sends you someplace and, you know, the stories you can sort of pick are maybe, you know, the sort of the nicer feature stories, uh, art pieces, cultural stories, things like that, that, but, you know, sometimes you have to drop them because there's a breaking story somewhere else. You can't, it's hard to say. I don't think that there's a real process for that. You know, it's um, depends on the timing. If you have the time to be able to do a nice feature story, that some other, you know, breaking news is not uh, dragging you away. I don't know. I don't think there's a, 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 any rules there. What is it about the public radio format that's kept you reporting all this time? Well, it's it's quite unique. Um, you know, here, it, it, many when I talk to Europeans and I try to explain 
what public radio is in the United States. They just they don't they don't get it because in most European countries, either there's commercial TV and radio, and there's also often you know government funded, which sometimes there can be interference from the government or not, like the BBC in in Britain. But the concept of sort of listener supported radio is something that is absolutely, you know, incomprehensible to most Europeans. And I, I explained to them, I've always found it tremendously moving when I've done station visits to see what the sense of community that there is around the public radio stations in the United States. It's, it's, it's totally unique. And, uh, and the loyalty of the, of the listeners is, you know, it's the best reward. I mean, it really is. With all the stories you've produced, do you think post your transition that you'll be able to relax and eventually quiet that part of your brain that starts formulating a story or a pitch when you see or hear about something? I hope so. Because, you know, like many of us, especially now with all these new devices and things, and, uh, uh, you know, my attention span has really gotten very short. And uh, I want to go back to reading long novels and so I'm going to have to really practice getting back into that kind of uh, because, you know, I'm so distracted by all the clicks and sounds of uh, emails and WhatsApp messages and so forth that um, I need a break from the news and from all those sound distractions. Well, outside of trying to read more for enjoyment, what are you looking forward to in this transition? I imagine all that creative energy is going somewhere. Well, I hope to do, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of other projects, some writing projects, uh, not, uh, not daily news. And uh, over the years of living all over the world, but especially in Italy, what's your favorite go-to meal? <laughs> uh, there's a great place just down the block from me that makes the best pizza <laughs> I've ever had. It's, it's as thin as pot. It's, it's very, very thin. And the very funny thing is that the, the chef there for, for years now, he's an Egyptian. And uh, I know him well, and he's learned how to make pizza the way they, it really should be made. And uh, that's, that's my go-to. Well, Sylvia, I wish you the best enjoyment, enjoying many more pizzas with a quieter brain, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for all your reporting. Thank you. Take care. Sylvia Pajoli was NPR's longest-serving foreign correspondent. She joined me to talk about her career before officially signing off on March 31st. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.